Good day and welcome to Partakers and to our series Aha! Heroes and Heretics Abound. Together we are looking at the story of the church from its origins through to the age of reasoning in the 18th century. Last time we looked at the four D's of the 8th and 9th century debates, decretal, donation and disputes all of which help to make up what makes church history so fascinating. Today we look at the papacy at the height of its power. After Charlemagne died, the church declined rapidly to its lowest point. Immorality, corruption, simony, which is buying positions in the church, were rife. However, that was soon to change. Throughout Europe, civil and secular authorities sought power over the church and endeavoured to limit the power of the Pope. The church initially was challenged. The church initially challenged such a threat to them. However, reform was coming into the church, and the church started by getting its own house in order. So let's look firstly today at what is called the Cluniac Monastic Movement. This was a reform movement started by Duke William I in the year 910 in a monastery in Cluny, France, and it was to purify the monastic movement. Most of the needed reforms were undertaken by Odo and quickly spread throughout France, England, Spain and Italy. The catalyst for this reform was the large-scale corruption within the church. Simony and concubinage were rife and resulted from secular interference and the church's strict integration with the ruling systems. The reforms set in place by the Cluniac monastic movement quickly spread to over 350 houses in the 10th century. This produced many more prominent leaders who set out to reform the church and we will see more of these leaders in coming episodes of this series. In the year 1059, the papacy was removed from interference from secular powers, and the creation of the College of Cardinals was formed in which to elect a new pope. Perhaps one of the better known popes was Hildebrand. He is also known as Pope Gregory VII. Before he came to power, he was an archdeacon. He strongly advocated the celibacy of the clergy and he attacked viciously simony and corruption. He fought for the freedom of the church from the state, separation of church and state. Hildebrand claimed everyone was subject primarily to the Pope before they were subject to the civil and secular authorities. And he had a famous battle with the Holy Roman Emperor Henry IV, and it was a long one, and eventually Hildebrand was placed in exile. He did perpetuate the thought that the Pope was the visible head of the Church, and that the presence of Peter in all bishops of Rome, the Pope. The Church attained a state of power and authority over the lives of all people, and sought to influence every aspect of their lives. And this leads us to a period of time, 1095 to 1270, which we know as the Crusades. These were religious wars fought by the Western Church 
to recover Holy Land from Islam and to protect Constantinople. Overall, there were seven to eight major crusades, although this was really just a continual flow of people, and people were offered incentives to join, miraculous provision. They didn't have to pay tax. They were free from purgatory, etc. Thousands of people died on the long journeys. Only the first crusade was really successful in regaining Jerusalem. They arrived in 1099, but they subsequently lost it in 1150, and it was never regained. And the remaining crusades achieved very little, despite the great efforts. And chief behind these crusades was Pope Innocent III. He was Pope from 1198 to 1216. During his time of papacy, Pope Innocent III humiliated the kings of England and France and he forced them to be obedient to himself and his whims. This shows that Innocent III had great power and control over nearly all Christian kings in Europe. He had the same policies as Hildebrand, but he carried them out to a greater success. He presided over the Fourth Lateran Council one of the Roman Catholic churches. This council, the Fourth Lateran Council, was called by Pope Innocent III and it began in November 11, 1215 in Rome's Lateran Palace. It is also sometimes called the General Council of Lateran with over 1,400 participants from the breadth of the church clergy as well as representatives of several monarchies. Innocent III presented over the course of the council 71 decrees. This included the decree to free the Holy Land from Islamic rule, which was part of the Crusades. And these decrees were ratified with very little discussion and they were enacted upon as quickly as they could be. Just quickly, five of the things that were ratified there were procedures put in place to penalise heretics and their protectors. There was great encouragement given to the Orthodox Church or the Eastern Church to reunite with the Roman Church or Western Church and accept its decrees so that there may be visibly only the one church. Then there was the famous decree, Omnis Utriusque Sexus whereby all Christians were to confess their sins at least once a year to their own priest. This was the ratification of earlier decrees by earlier popes, and this therefore made confession before a priest a sacramental obligation. Fourthly, Jews and Muslim peoples were instructed to wear special clothing in order to distinguish them from Christians. And fifthly, Christian authorities were to take action against blasphemous behaviour, particularly blasphemies against Jesus Christ. That's it for this time. Next time in our series AHA we will start to look at the church in the Middle Ages. Thanks for listening. Come back to Partakers, www.partakers.co.uk where every day there is something new to encourage your walk as a Christian in the 21st century. See you later.